Welcome to another episode of Bud Tender Podcast, where bud tenders and customers learn how to use cannabis. Today we have Savan McCarthy. She's an award-winning filmmaker who comes to the cannabis industry as a patient. She is a cannabis educator and, and product specialist. She uh, formulates infused topicals to assist pain relief at her company, Blissful Alchemy. She's consulted in the medical cannabis industry since 2015 with various brands, including Canna Life Botanicals, Northern Vine Labs, Canna Reps, and Creating Brighter Days. Thanks so much for coming on to the show. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Thank you so much for having me. How are you today? I'm doing well, thanks. It's a beautiful day here in Blind Bay. Oh, that's awesome. It got a little rainy here today in Vancouver. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Well, sometimes we probably need it. I'm sure the forest out there needed it, so it's all good. Absolutely. <laughs> so I was curious, um, what inspired you to use cannabis and how did you, um, how long have you been using cannabis for? I was hit by a car in my early 20s. I had been a three-time national figure skating champion as a precision figure skater and a ski instructor and a sailing instructor. I lived a very active life. And unfortunately, in my second year of university here at UBC, I was hit by a car. And I spent 10 years being put back together. I've had major knee surgeries. And it was after my first knee surgery where I was having all my ligaments um, transplanted from a cadaver that I was in excruciating pain and the morphine wasn't working for me. The fentanyl wasn't working for me. All of the opioids just weren't working. And a surgeon kind of off the cuff over his shoulder, half joking said, you know, maybe you should try cannabis. And for me, that was just such a shocker. I had had to sign contracts as an athlete that I wouldn't drink or use any drugs. And so it was really kind of, strange that all of a sudden a surgeon was recommending that I partake in what had been and, and what had been kind of sent to me uh, through education through there growing up as a drug and so um, I'd always been really intrigued I had spent a lot of time I had lived in Switzerland finishing up my high school and when I lived there I was introduced to plant medicines and all different types of medicines cannabis my madame early on said, you know, tu ne manges pas les champignons dans la forêt. Don't eat the mushrooms in the forest. And so okay. I was like, hmm, very interesting. First time I had a headache, she had said to me, prends une thé, take a tea. And I'm like, take a tea to wash down the Tylenol? Like, where's the Tylenol? And she was like, no, no, no. Pas de Tylenol. Prends une thé. No Tylenol. Just take the tea. And so that was the kind of the first time whole plant medicine and plant medicine had been presented to me as a choice and an alternative to pharmaceutical medication. So when the surgeon said this, it immediately took me back to my madame in Switzerland and it made me think, okay, there's something here. <laughs> there's something here. And so I started to utilize cannabis in my regime for health and wellness and to deal with pain management. Uh, over a course of 10 years, I'd had what, six different surgeries, spent most of that time crutches, cane, wheelchair. Uh, there was a bus strike that had happened during Vancouver during one of my um, surgeries, and I became a shut-in. And ultimately, cannabis kind of saved me. 
saved me wow. from not giving up. <laughs> it saved me from um, managing all of the ridiculous other medications I had put been put on. I fell into a really deep depression. You know, your body is your instrument and your way of being. And then all of a sudden you're bound to a wheelchair, your whole identity shifts. So cannabis provided me the opportunity to delve deep into myself to find the strength and the catharsis to come through the other side as a different person than I had intended to be. And it acted as a huge inspiration um, to me as an academic. I started studying plant medicines as a minor. I continued in my path. I originally went to UBC to study law, but there was no wheelchair access to my classes. And so with no wheelchair access to my classes, I didn't want to miss another another year of school I'd already missed a year through my accident so you know when they suggested to me why don't you take a theater class we'll just wheel you right on in um it was a little bit of music to my ears I'd always been an artist who wanted to be in the arts and my parents kind of told me it was not a real job it was a hobby and so it afforded me the ability to heal delve into my psyche into my artistic kind of well of information within me and it helped me become a published writer a playwright a filmmaker um gave me the ability to sit in a chair uh and use my creativity as a solution to my problems so i had also i don't know if i'm speaking too much about it or if it's too much i'd also had a bit of a crisis of spirituality my mom disowned me um, when I started utilizing cannabis as a health modality and, really? um, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, and there was like a real kind of rift in my family. Like when I had my car accident, nobody came to help me. I had to learn how to talk again. I had to go through therapies and rehab I had to do it all on my own as a youth, uh, or as an early adult. And so cannabis kind of helped me forgive and helped me come to terms with my reality and kind of softened the edges of the harshness of life <laughs> to make it absolutely. more palatable. <laughs> if that makes any sense. And, it absolutely does. <laughs> and it's just been a, you know, an integral part of my, of my process as an artist now, as a mom, as a person who kind of lives their lives. I shifted from smoking being my primary form of modality or form of consumption to topicals in the last seven or eight years kind of working with aromatherapy working with different herbs and plants in collaboration with one another and then really got tight with it when I was at Canalife when I was doing some formulations for them and some sales and marketing as a consultant I grew that company from you know when I first started we were in like five to ten dispensaries and we ended up at in 155 total across the country coast to coast all the way up to Yukon so I spent a lot of my time when I was there going to the dispensaries and teaching the bud tenders and the staff all about our products and how to best represent them and sell them in the marketplace so um and then I worked at Northern Vine Labs for a while I was responsible for the Know Your Medicine campaign and encouraging patients and LPs to test and create um, kind of a standardization of testing as we were coming into legalization. And I helped kind of brand a few and work with a few other companies. Um, And then when legalization came into play, I 
took a bit of a turn. I was let go from Canalize Botanicals and I opened up Blissful Alchemy as an opportunity to teach people how to make their own topicals. In our first tier of legalization, flour was regulated, but, um, you know, I had a plethora of clients who really depend upon topicals for their health and well-being and the management of their pain issues or psoriasis, skin issues, whatever else they're dealing with, whatever ailments. And so absolutely, I felt a, I felt a real responsibility because the government had kept those out of legalization. And all of a sudden, I had these panicked texts and calls coming in at all hours. How am I going to live? What's going to happen? Ah, we're kind of freaking out. And Everyone so I was thought, abandoned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'm not allowed to sell it anymore, but I can teach people to make it. I'm allowed to gift 30 grams a day. So why don't I create an environment where I can be very hands-on and come from an education point of view rather than a sales and marketing point of view and share my knowledge? and pass the information on kind of the mandate of, you know, do you give a person a fishing rod or you give them the fish, (laughs) you know, do you teach them how to fish or do you just, you know, buy your fish? So I, I, yeah, I just kind of, I looked at, when I looked at the cannabis act, I thought this is the only solution that I can have or that I have been able to come up with to solve the demand and the need of the patients and myself, (laughs) you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we opened, I opened Blissful Alchemy in October. I took over my old production studio for my film and television company. And I turned it into like a high tea salon. It's kind of like going to grandma's house. And (laughs) I taught people uh, how to make their own topicals. I invited yoga instructors to come in to do guided yoga. And um, we had a herbalist come in and all different amazing people came to share their knowledge and their making processes with interested clients. So we just unfortunately moved out of there this weekend. My landlord evicted us. And so now we're looking to take it into the homes and the communities of people who are seeking more knowledge and information. Wow, that is an amazing story, and um, yeah, well, I have to thank you for that. That's like fantastic. That's such a great um, idea to come up with because um, that's as someone that was a manager for a dispensary for just about two years in Salmon Arm, and then all of a sudden patients have like they don't know where to turn. So it's like you know we need people like you that are able to um, teach the customers how to like take their power back and and heal themselves essentially absolutely can you tell us like um about some of like what are some of the products that you help people make yeah absolutely i mean i'm a big proponent of full plant whole plant infusion Uh, i really Mm -hmm. like to use organic um starting material as uh, much as i can all locally sourced to kind of be honoring the intention of the plant and the other plants. So cannabis is a beautiful adaptogen. And when you collaborate it with other plant medicines that are also adaptogens, it kind of turns it into a bit of a superhero. So I really love making uh, salves that really soothe the skin. um, And that helps anybody with any kind of eczema or psoriasis or uh, acne or wanting to help with wrinkle reduction. So 
we make a salve, which is just kind of what I call it the catch-all that is really great in any medicine cabinet. Um, you know, it's really wonderful for any kind of bug bites or scrapes. If my son cuts himself after it's kind of crusted over, it, I tend to put it on and it accelerates the healing process. He had MRSA when he was a baby and he doesn't anymore. It helps heal that. So it's great for like any kind of chapped skin, burnt skin. I've had some really bad burns and it's been really wonderful for facilitating rapid uh, healing there. So that's our salve. And then I kind of add to it and adjust it for a muscle rub, which tends to have a lot of camphor and eucalyptus and peppermint and tends to be cooling and um, works really great for spastic issues, kind of working with a little bit of black pepper and nutmeg just to get the blood flowing. And then I'll do another one that I always joke is my janky jointment. It's um, for more formulated for the actual joint. So there's um, lemongrass in there and there's turmeric and ginger and birch. And so it tends to be a little bit more warming rather than okay. cooling. Um, and really kind of helps with the joints. And then I do a bath soak, and I encourage people to infuse that with different essential oils that appeal to their own um, situation. So like in the winter, in the summer, I have to I do a lot of baths in the morning because of my hips and my knees are quite uncomfortable after laying out all night. So I'll often use with um, citrusy, you know, essences, what, but I have to be mindful not to use them now in the summer because they create some, um, skin sensitivity and a hypersensitivity to sunlight. So you can get quite badly burned. Right. Um, okay. Uh, but you know, in the, in the winter, they're wonderful. And then, um, in the, at nighttime, I tend to work a little bit more with like the lavenders and more of the linalools and other kind of terpene profiles that help with like a winding down after a busy day. <laughs> Um, absolutely. and then if I'm incorporating those, if I'm <laughs> absolutely, yeah. And then if I'm kind of muscle sore after a good hike or a walk or too many hours on my feet and my knee and my hip aren't happy, then I tend to kind of revert back to that peppermint, lavender, rosemary, those kind of really supportive essential oils that help facilitate the same terpene profiles in the cannabis that I'm working with. So those are the bath soaks that we do. And then I do a shower scrub with that I was doing in the springtime just before the summer got too into play, working with ginger and citrus and coffee, like coffee grounds. Um, the oh, caffeine okay. is really good to help as an exfoliant. I put some brown sugar in there and it's really great as an exfoliant. I had, you know, in the spring, a lot of people were like, you know, it's getting too hot for baths. I'm not really a bath person. So the shower can be nice and the coffee the caffeine helps with the stimulation of the um, blood flow and kind of can help with any orange peeling of the skin. So it can kind of make you swimsuit ready and um, but not too much in the summer because again, I was working with citrus and ginger um, and the citrus can be sun sensitive as well. So just always wanting to be mindful not to trying to help one part of the body and then create challenges elsewhere. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and then I do a I do another uh, line of products where I have ventured away from my whole plant infusion, and I've actually worked with a CO2 extracted, and I've infused that into other carrier oils, and I've used that um, for my face oil, for a pleasure oil, which is for amazing facilitation of blood flow in the genitalia area that facilitates orgasm, and then. Um, 
I also make a massage oil with that as well. And that was a new departure for me in the last six months. I've always been such a huge proponent of the full plant infusion, but I had feedback from clients that when I was utilizing it um, in the pleasure oil, it could cause a little bit of irritation because of the particulate. That was some right. of the feedback I had. That's one of the feedback I had at a previous company that I had formulated for. So I always like to evolve and iterate. So I felt it was important to formulate one that a wasn't in coconut oil. I'm using a carrier oil that's actually condom friendly. So it's one of the only ones that's kind of condom friendly in the, in the, in the, in the, in the marketplace of the sphere. I mean, it's not really in the marketplace. They don't sell it. I teach people how to make it, but all of the other ones that you see out in the marketplace tend to come from coconut oil or MCT oil, which can actually be yeast um, creating for some women. So I wanted to formulate something that was more on par with the needs of women. There's nothing worse than a night of fun and then a week of monostat. So um, that was kind of the route that I went that way. And then I build upon it for my face oil and the massage oil. So it tends to be a really great basis. And I'm working with some other really great essential oils with that to facilitate the terpene profile in the um, CO2 extracted oil that I get from a wonderful colleague. Wow. Okay. And so talking a little bit about the, the terpenes, like, can we talk about, like, what are some of the differences between, um, what are terpenes that are really good for the skin and what makes them different from other, from other plant terpenes? And then of course we have the synthetic terpenes that are out there. And can you tell us a little bit about the differences? Yeah, I'm, I'm personally not working with the synthetic ones. I mm-hmm. believe in working, like I work with a lot of doTERRA because they have their natural health numbers and they do have COAs, mm-hmm. which is a certificate of analysis for people who might not know. So one of the first things that I do is I will test my cannabis, um, my rough and ready, my starting material. I, I, I'll have that tested to get the terpene profile of it. And then I will pair other essential oils with it um, to help with the ailments that people are dealing with. So for the skin, I'm working with um, like a lavender, a helichrysum. I'm working with a vetiver. I've got some other really wonderful essential oils, frankincense, myrrh, petit crin, neroli. These are all very, very wonderful, supportive um, essential oils and plant essences that help create um, a rapid healing and support the skin. So does calendula, chamomile. Um, So those are things that I'm just using for the basic skin. When we get into the joints, I mentioned I was working with ginger, turmeric, um, more of the tubers. And with the muscle rub, I'm working more with the Camp, camphor and um, eucalyptus and peppermint and birch to try and help facilitate um, blood flow as well as working with the essential oils that help with spastic issues. So black pepper has got the carfosylene in it. So I'm wanting to utilize that and make sure it's also going to amp up the naturally occurring terpene profile of the carfosylene that's within the, the cannabis. So when you pair them together through the blissful alchemy, <laughs> it makes it that much more potent and effective. Right. Yeah. You're getting that, you're getting that like true entourage effect where the synthetic 
um, terpenes that a lot of people are utilizing because it's in it, like it's less expensive is not doing that where you're, if you're using it, the proper terpenes that are come from the cannabis plant and then you're adding um, other plant uh, essential oils that have those terpene profiles you're getting that like extra benefit so that's so that's really yeah. I'm glad that you're using that that's great Absolutely. And a part of that came from the Cannabis Act as well as originally they were stating that they didn't want any flavor or fragrance added to cannabis. So that's why I specifically went after working with doTERRA um, and mm -hmm. um, some Young Living because they are transparent. They do their testing. They have their COAs available so that they can be paired accordingly. And because they have those natural health numbers, there's, I mean, it just, it's a, perfect response to the original um, information that was given to us by Health Canada. You know, I'm, I'm not adding fragrance. I'm adding essential oils that have their natural health numbers. Deal with it. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And so when dealing with, um, with, with clients and their specialized needs, you're, you're also like helping them create a, a profile or cream that's going to work well for them can you give us an example of like some of the things that you've uh that you've helped patients with yeah absolutely i actually have a very good friend who's become my good friend in the last uh, few months she was a uh, a good friend of a friend of mine so um my friend brought her to my space and she was kind of blown away she had been dealing with um a lot of pain issues from her foot and has had numerous, numerous surgeries. Um, I guess in a nutshell, the foot had never fully formed properly and has never kind of been properly on her, the bottom of her leg, right? So as a result for many, sorry, there's an ambulance going by. As a result for many, many years, um, her body's been out of alignment because she's been compensating for her foot not being properly in alignment, right? This is probably similar to the problem I'm having with my hip now. It's like my knee has been causing me so much grief on my right leg for so long that now the left hip is having the side effects of like carrying the load <laughs> for so long, you know, it's been it's getting a little bit of like fatigue from being overused um, and taking the, the brunt of the weight. So she's been having issues with her back and with her shoulders and her other leg and, and as well having surgeries on this one foot. And so I originally gave her, um, my muscle rub and she calls it the magic cream like she'll go through a jar of it a week uh, wow. 100, 100, 100 milliliters she'll go through in a week easily like she carries it in her purse in her basket like it comes with her everywhere um and it was through all of her feedback that i really reformulated and started to add in some extra ingredients just to kind of help facilitate blood flow working with comfrey and some other um, wonderful herbs that help with bone knitting and help with like the rapid um, recovery after having, you know, the bones broken and moved and everything else. So the comfrey can really facilitate the healing. Um, and then I started working with some other products that I probably wouldn't have ever thought of, but I then went and sought them out and went a little bit more aggressive with the potency of the products just to facilitate her health and well-being and so you know I've now she's excited because I'm gonna now that she can't come to the space to make it we're gonna be making it in her home and she's super excited about being able to invite friends in her 
circle because she lives in the suburbs to come and then we will all make everything together, make a batch and she will have a good supply for her now. Um, and it's cheaper. I mean, at one point I had gone away and she went to buy something at a dispensary and she's like, this didn't work for me. And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like, it is a good product. I did formulate that for somebody else once upon a time, but I have evolved, you know, my, my, my product now that you're using is much better than that one because I've been through like 10 or 15 iterations since that one. So just constantly having the opportunity to listen to the feedback. I've had another patient who was really dealing a lot with breast cancer and wanted a body oil that had frankincense and myrrh to help facilitate the blood flow and frankincense has been um, reported to help with the shrinking of tumors. So it was wonderful to kind of work with her through her journey with battling her breast cancer and to provide her some extra supports above and beyond what the Western medical system was giving her. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's so fascinating how adaptable cannabis really is. And I've, now it makes me think of like, okay, so, so many people, they, of course, they're familiar with CBD and THC. Are there like new, uh, well, not new, but other cannabinoids that you're starting to utilize with your, with your creams and your sauce that you're trying to, you know, make a little bit stronger for people? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, definitely working with a few of them. Um, I can't really go into the specifics of them because I am kind of working out some proprietary deals with people right now. So I can't get into the, all of the specifics, but I do feel that THCA uh, has a wonderful place in in the industry, I wouldn't necessarily say as a topical, but I think it has a lot to offer for anything kind of below the belt, any kind of um, Crohn's, irritable bowel, nausea, car sickness, you know, anything in that realm. I think THCA should really be looked at. I personally can't take gravel, so it excites me to know that it can help facilitate travel sickness and uh, a queasy tummy. Um, I think CBGN is going to be a big one. Yeah, there's there's a lot of um, up and rising stars in the cannabinoid profile <laughs> that are going to yeah. definitely kind of give CBD a good run for its money. And mm -hmm. I really hope um, we'll help people respect THD a little bit more. It's been kind of a given or bad rap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like the, all of a sudden it's no longer a medicine, and it's just like, well, the cannabis plant produces more THC than than any other cannabinoid. I mean, sure, I, I understandably because of the black market, it's been bred for that, but uh, in still in general, it still produces more THC anyway versus the other. Yeah, cannabinoid. and you, that's and a reason. Like from a top, absolutely, and from a topical point of view, you actually need the THC for CBD to work. Right. Just the science of it. People can talk to me until they're blue in the face of how wonderful their CBD cream is for them. But if there isn't any pro, if there isn't any profile of THC in it, it's a little bit of placebo effect. It's like, yeah, your skin is going to be really soft and it's going to look great from an aesthetic point of view. But for actual physical pain management, it's a lock and key mechanism between THC and CBD for them to work together for its optimal effects for pain management. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that a little bit more. So, like, obviously, like you're, I mean, so you're decarbing uh, your, for your THC products, I'm guessing, and not utilizing the THCA. Is that correct? I do both. I have. You do both. Um, yeah, I do. I do both. And when I'm decarbing, I'm actually going low and slow and a little bit longer. Um, like not as high as I would for an edible. Like I'm actually, I go, I go a little bit lower and, um, and then I'm working in it. Like I'm decarbing in the oven and then there'll be some natural decarbing happening through the, um, the infusion process as well, which is Mm -hmm. why I don't kind of overdo it in the oven. Right. And just to let people know what exactly is happening with decarboxylation. Oh, you're transferring. Um, you're basically <laughs> activating you have the medicine. You're kind of right so through the heating process. You're you're activating the THC. Cool, excellent. And um, what? And what so, do if I may, like one of one of the big yeah. reasons why I'm such a proponent of topicals and why I feel they're a beautiful gateway into the whole cannabis family is that there isn't a psychoactive effect when you're applying them to the skin, right? They're they're not intoxicating when you're applying them to the skin. So for me, it's just, that's that's common sense. You have a pain in your knee, you put the cream on your knee and not take a pill and maybe hope it'll deal with it in an hour's time, right? You can get instant relief at the pain, at the point of pain um, through the application process and not feel like you have to take the day off of work or can't mind your child or anything else you know it's just it's and it smells better than a535 come on (laughs) (laughs) absolutely and the thing is it works like really quickly i i find like if if i'm have hurting joints after hiking or biking or whatever i actually was in an accident um fell off a ladder and um yeah topicals worked really well for me um, um, I was using edibles at the time as well, but you know, just the fact I, I definitely account to topicals helping me heal through that process. And That's it's fantastic. just, and it's, it's like, you, it, the thing is, it's like, I was, the thing that blew me away was compared to like a five, three, five, which was sort of just like a bandaid. It was like how quickly it works for people. Yeah. I mean, we have, like, I, I mean, I, I can tell this, I've told this story so many different times where we've had this older woman come in and she was so arthritic, she could barely open her hands. And we, we, you know, she was really nervous about using, even taking CBD as an, like orally or anything. And we're like, okay, this is a topical. You're not, you know, going to feel anything. And she just put it on, we said, just put it on, we've got to put her on one hand. And we were just chatting away, talking about different products. And it must have been 15 minutes goes by. And she's just like, oh, my God, I can open my hand again, like fully, instead of being sort of like clawed. And your other hand was still, you know, unable to open it. So it's... Tight-fisted, um, white knuckle. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I see it all the time. And, I mean, I also love when patients are sending me the photos just from their eczema. And they're like, this is the patch of skin that I have the problem with. And it's like the whole top of their thigh. And they're like, this is me uh, taking my steroidal cream as provided to me through the, you know, the Western medical model system. And then they were like, okay, now I've come off of that. This is just using your product. This is using your product one month, three months, five months, 
you know, and it's like a remarkable difference. I'm like, wow, like a picture will tell a thousand words, <laughs> you know, it's just look at this, like we're done now. And what's hard with people with eczema and psoriasis is that, you know, they get that receptor fatigue. So whatever they're utilizing kind of burns out for them. Um, and it, you know, their system gets used to it and then they have to go and try and find something else. And it doesn't always, they can't always find that something else. So I'm always really excited to see and hear the, uh, the testimonial and the kind of antidotal evidence that it's brought, brought forth when people are utilizing cannabis as a topical. Right. And one thing that just like brought to my mind that was like always something that I talked about at our shop and we were, people would say, well, Queen Victoria used this like for, for cramps and stuff like that during her menstrual cycle. Can you talk a little bit about um, how the, like how the topicals and the uh, central pleasure oils is really helping women with, with their. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, we find that, you know, we'll have some women who will just use the salve and kind of rub it on their abdomen and their tummy during their cramping time. And that can help facilitate or on their lower back. Um, we have women who will use the pleasure oil and insert it, like put it on a tampon and then insert it and then they don't have any cramps. So they're able to facilitate, you know, the rest of their day with, um, without any kind of pain or trouble. And these are women who have like been battling endometriosis for numerous years where they've had to take like up days off of work because they're just doubled over in so much pain as a result of their getting their menses and as a result of, you know, their, the challenges that they're having. So um, from like, from a sexual point of view, I, people are working with the pleasure oil, essential oil, and they're really enjoying it. I have a lot of clients who are middle-aged women, some a little bit earlier who've been pushed through menopause um, really prematurely through their experience battling cancer. Um, some have been forced to have hysterectomies or whatever else. And as a, as a result, they're being pushed into menopause. And so when that happens, the hormones are changing within the woman's body. And as a result of not having those hormones, there's an atrophy that tends to happen and a drying that tends to happen and a cramping that tends to happen in the vulva. And so by um, facilitating uh, and utilizing the, the essential oil, the pleasure oil with the cannabis that's infused with cannabis, it kind of a helps with like a relaxation of all of the muscles. It helps dealing with the cramping components so that there's that pain's not there. It helps um, mimic the same kind of moistness that occurs naturally when a woman's a little bit younger. So um, penetrative sex can be that much more comfortable. Um, so it, and it has like really great, wonderful qualities of bringing all the blood flow to the surface. So the best kind of analogy that I like to get is if you are with somebody and you watch them and they're smoking a joint and you can see they get red eyes, you know, they get bloodshot eyes. Right. So that's the blood flow going to the surface. When you actually see the lines in the eyes, that's the blood flow. So that's what's also happening below the belt when it's applied topically is all the blood flow is coming to the surface to facilitate the woman being engorged, which will then help facilitate orgasm. So it kind of, speeds up foreplay 
and what man right. doesn't like that? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, that's true. And the thing is, it's like we, we have this culture that's really taboo and you know, we're still coming out of like the, the dark ages where women are only supposed to have babies and the guy has the pleasure and that's it. So there's that suppression and this like awakens this area and um, yeah, could you talk a little bit about what's like how that's transforming uh, women in in their day to day life that they're having, you know, uh, just better, happier lives because of that? Like, well, I think the biggest thing that I always say when I do my talks on kind of sexuality and cannabis is that it's important for a woman to know how to please themselves and to facilitate their own pleasure. I think it's a really unrealistic expectation to think that somebody else who's not in your body, who might have different genitalia than you, should know how to please you. Like, in what world would that make sense? When you actually think about it. It's like, we're mm -hmm. physically hardwired, where you have different anatomy. Like, how are we supposed to expect somebody else to be able to take care of these needs? So, you know, I'll never forget doing a conference and, this gentleman had come through a colleague and was like, had heard me talk about the pleasure oil and how great it was. And I'm of the mindset that, you know, you use it twice a day, like brushing your teeth. That's how you keep it health and well-being. <laughs> so realigning of uh, energy, it's a whole experience. And he was like horrified and was like, you know, had her come to me and say, you know, he could give me an orgasm. He felt sorry for me. And I was like, I don't need him to give me an orgasm. Thank you very much. I'm really fine on my own actually prefer to be on my own <laughs> this is before I had my partner um this <laughs> is just like and why does he think he's the solution like I just thought it was hilarious and so I think the empowerment of women and just the facilitation of their own sexuality is like really important before even introducing a partner to the mix be it of the same or of a different gender I just think to help facilitate women having their own because if you don't use it you lose it Mm -hmm. And this is one of the things that I found really interesting, even with the transgendered community, when you, when you witness people transitioning from um, female to into their male body that they felt they should have been in all along, as those hormones are changing, um, you know, there can be a lot of pain that can be experienced in the vulva as those hormones are drying out and are kind of transitioning. And so, you know, by, by, by watching that happen and understanding that, you know, that this happens with cisgendered women and it happens um, with people as they're transitioning. And so the more we can be aware of how that the body actually functions, I think the better off we can all be in understanding our sexuality that's affiliated with it. So, um, I also find, you know, like for men, sometimes if they've consumed too much cannabis, it does it doesn't work in their favor. That's right. Kind of when things can get a little too relaxed and soft. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas for women, you know, it can help more with an opening up experience. So, um, and I then I also think if you're consuming cannabis with your partner in like a vaping or a smoking situation, it brings you on a heart to heart level of like the same breath and there's an intimacy that happens there similar to Wesley's kissing and it just kind of can help set the mood and the tone 
it can help relax the woman to open her up. I think it's important to maybe let the woman consume maybe a bit more <laughs> than the man because we are, you know, hardwired differently. And, you know, it is known that sometimes too much for a man is not a good thing. So um, that being said, the pleasure oil can help really facilitate a beautiful um, a massage for a, a man um, and also help bring the blood flow to the surface for them as well. Very interesting. My partner always, yeah, my partner always talks about how there's a really interesting sensation. He's like, yeah, it's just like it makes everything that much more you're more aware of it the awareness is there like if there's like a tingling is like probably the wrong but there's like a sensation that that is that much more heightened and increased wow hmm. yeah who knows like it's an, yeah it's really amazing to me you know all of these centers and how it's what at the end of the day it's really opening up the heart and getting that deeper connection through the heart. And we forget that, that those, all of these different centers are all connected. And uh, I, I think that's a really beautiful thing that you know, you're, you're teaching people how to essentially connect back to their heart so they can, they can heal them, they can heal their whole body. So that's really cool. Absolutely. Um, I mean, and I always say like, you know, back to the analogy with the gentleman who was like kind of horrified that I was choosing to be on my own. I was like, I had some work to do. Like you do your housekeeping before you invite anybody over. Right. And I think it's the same, like these people who serial date, they don't really ever get over one relationship and they're hopping into the next one. Like that just doesn't work for me. Um, you know, everybody's a little bit different in their approaches. And so, um, I don't know. It's an interesting time. I mean, and then when I was at uh, a previous company, when we did our pleasure oil, we also did one with a titch of cinnamon, which has been very, very popular um, for people who enjoy anal penetration because it creates a slight numbing effect that can help facilitate penetration. Oh, who knew? Interesting. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So we didn't realize we were making it and, you know, there was a, a wonderful shop in Toronto, a sex shop that couldn't keep it on the shelves and we didn't know why. And they were like, oh, it's the gay community loves it. I was like, oh, good to know. <laughs> so I think, you know, the more people are able to experience pleasure um, as a form of medicine and a form of healing and catharsis, I think we would have a much happier society. I mean, look at the Dutch. They're pretty happy. They're pretty in tune with their sexuality. Um, they're not uptight about it. It's, I think it's how we're meant to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely something that, it, yeah, it's, it's this taboo subject that it just needs to be opened up and talked about a, a little bit more. Um, and so just to change the subject, um, what... What sort of, what carrier oils do you find are utilizing that you use uh, the most? I use a, an alchemy blend uh, that's mm -hmm. proprietary. I can't oh, kind of okay. get into all of them, but I'll get into a few of them. I definitely sure. work with olive oil. Olive mm -hmm. oil is an anti-inflammatory. It's uh, very nourishing. It's, easily to, it's easy to source. Um, so that's one. I work with a coconut oil as well. Um, Coconut oil is a wonderful, wonderful carrier uh, oil that provides wonderful opportunities. You can use it as an edible or as a topical. 
when you're working with coconut oil. Um, same as olive oil as well, but when I'm working with the olive oil, I tend to put castor oil in there as well. And that's the differentiating factor of it not being inedible anymore. Back in the day, that's what people use for Xbox, right? So when you watch the movie Grease and they're like first day of school and they're like, oh, all the castor oil is already all gone. Like they, that's what they would put in brownies or in food to kind of give people as prank jokes. Um, trot. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. I was giving castor oil to drink when I had to push out a nine pound baby. Right. So it's an interesting one, um, but it definitely helps with rapid absorption into the skin and it also helps strip the medicine off of the plant. So I work with that in myself. I'll work with calendula oil um, and um, in uh, some of my other um, products. I'm working with the castor oil, the olive oil, um, calendula, arnica, St. John's wort, working with them, all those oils. Uh, yeah, they're a lot of them in there that I work with, but those are the most popular ones. Um, and then the essential oils that I add, then add in at the end. Uh, they're not necessarily the carrier oil, but they help facilitate the overall efficacy of the product. product. Fantastic. And what, where do you see yourself in the growing in the future? What, what do you know? What direction you're looking to go? I'm presently in chats with a few different LPs. I'm trying to figure out which is the best match. Um, in a perfect world, I would love to have my own line in collaboration with an LP um, and continue educating uh, people about cannabis and with a focus for women and um, sexual health and all around well-being. Awesome. I okay. recently just, yeah, I recently just shot a eight-part series of how to make all your own topicals. Uh, that's in post-production and so that's another opportunity now that I'm not going to have my physical space anymore but I'm waiting to be invited into the community more like when we did an activation with Tantalus that was phenomenal we were at work lab and we were able to teach the public how to work with their canatonic flower and infuse it into a coconut oil so I'm hoping to do a lot more of that work I have a beautiful friend and colleague who is a pastor she's a priest and um, she's invited me to teach her seniors at the church how to make their own topicals and that really excites me um, being really hands-on is, is an exciting part of um, the work that I do and the relationships are just they bring me probably the most bliss so I would like to continue in that way fantastic and like what do you see for the like what are you seeing for the for the future of topicals i mean i haven't really i'm not seeing hardly anything in the news like do you have you heard when you know the stores are going to be able to carry topicals yeah when i was on the call with health canada just before i went away in the middle of june um beginning of june the beginning of june yeah they said that as of july 1st they were going to be publishing the regs and we could be in conversation with Health Canada about it. As of the 17th of October, they would be legal and LPs would be able to put in their application to Health Canada. And the hope would be that Health Canada would turn around with their approval by the beginning of December so that they could be available in the marketplace for December 2019. 
Okay, so so it's going to be the same time when they're utilizing um, edibles as well. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, is there anything else that you would um, like to share with us? Well, I think one of the one of the reasons when I when I was coming to Blissful Alchemy, one of the things that was happening was when I had registered as a patient, I was desperately trying to find my rough and ready for my prescription so that I could make my own topicals. And nobody can sell it to me. Right. In the legal market in the legal marketplace. So that pushed me to rekindle my love of growing. And um I can't encourage people enough to grow their own four plants. I started four of them from seed on April 2nd and they're already taller than me and I'm five foot eight and we're getting ready to harvest them in the next week or so. And you know, that, that will facilitate me having the medicine to make my own topicals because making topicals from flower, like from the buds is a little bougie. It's prohibitively, um, it's prohibitively costly for a lot of people. I mean, at most of us traditional market, we're looking at getting an eighth, thirty-five to forty dollars. Traditionally, like was kind of the going rate. Obviously, we'd do better if you knew the right people. To now go into the legal system and try and buy an eighth, you're sitting with all the excise taxes and everything else. You're sitting at close to seventy, seventy-five dollars. Yeah, exactly. It's very expensive. So, and it's not necessary for making a topical. You don't need those flowers. You need the rough and ready. You need the shake and the trim. The LPs uh-huh. can't sell that to you. So there's a, there's a problem in, in the, the legal marketplace for accessibility for clients who have pain um, issues, who have disability issues, and who are dealing with chronic illness. There is a severe problem with patients' access right now. And the way to get around parts of that is to really grow your own and to be as hands-on with the plant as you can so that you can control what's in it and how it's being grown. And then you can also use every aspect of the plant and the parts of the plant that you're going to need to make these topicals that aren't readily available any other way. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry, I always come back to being a patient, right? Like a lot of people... If you are a person with a disability and you're on disability benefits through our government in BC, you're lucky to be getting a thousand dollars a month. That's to live yes. off of for everything. So I don't know That's- who's finding a place to live in for less than a thousand dollars a month. I don't know how they're going to be expected to buy their medicine through the legal marketplace. Like I'm just being frank about like the reality of poverty that comes as a result of chronic health issues. Not everybody is born into a wealthy family of people who take care of them. And so my biggest concern as we move forward is just facilitating the people getting the plant who need it the most, who are not able to advocate for themselves because they're taking care of their health and they're in a life battle. Um, And so there are these little hiccups in the system that kind of drive me crazy. Like I was really excited when we came to legalization that you know, the testing shifted because up until that point, the only people who could get their cannabis tested or test their cannabis were people who had their ACMPR 
their MMAR or their, their, their license, their medical license, right? A designated yes. grower. A designated grower could not do that, which is ridiculous. It's like, hello, I'm a patient. I have cancer. I'm in the hospital. This is why I have a designated grower. They're responsible for my medicine for me. Those people weren't allowed to do the testing. It had to come from the patient. So, you know, we have these really weird things in our system that don't facilitate the end user who needs it the most, right? You people can talk to me of the CEOs who work for mining companies, who, who came from mining companies, who talk about, you know, their companies and their profits and their losses and everything else, but they've never smoked a plant. They don't know what it looks like. They couldn't roll a joint for the life of them. And they have absolutely no understanding whatsoever of the people who need this medicine as a patient. And so that starts to be my concern. And that's where I'd like to also be able to put some time and energy is into advocating for the medical model. I really worry that it's going to be ground down and diminished and that can't be the reality no. of our, of our world here in Canada. No, like it's great for rec, but it cannot. Yeah. It, it's, it's wonderful that rec is coming into play, but it can't be at the cost of the medical system. Absolutely not. And you know, I mean, that that's like a really big thing for, for me as well. And the fact that like, I mean, I think people forget that it, I mean, yes, there's some steps to growing cannabis, but I mean, as long as you're healthy enough to, to do so, it's really not that difficult. It's not that costly. And, um, you know, we're, they're allowing us to have four plants. So go ahead and grow it. You can grow whatever variety or strain that you choose um, that's going to work best for you, whether that's going to be that indica or that sativa or more of that CBD dominant uh, variety. And you, this, is, this is how we take your power back and then be able to heal. And then we're able to, you know, become our own, you know, we're able to be our own caregivers and, and then, totally change our lives like like you said at the first at the beginning here that like you probably wouldn't be walking around if it wasn't for cannabis so that's just no an amazing no and I and I and to be honest like you know I was so depressed I was suicidal I did not want to live my life because mm, it was wow. not the life that I had wanted to live right it's not the life I trained as an athlete to have like you know, so I've had these like philosophical questions with people all the time in regards to like, is it harder for somebody who's born blind or somebody who goes blind, right? It's like, well, if you're born blind, you don't know any different. Or it's just like, you saw mm -hmm. the color and then all of a sudden it's gone. There's a double whammy there, right? You're dealing with the grief and the loss of what you once had. So I was dealing with a lot of you know, especially because my prognosis, I was told I was going to be in the chair for the rest of my life, right? So I was like, well, what's the point <laughs> when my whole life had been about being physical? So it was in that really, really dark time that cannabis was a real spiritual aid to me. And I, I like to kind of bring that forth because mm -hmm. in this day and age, everybody is really focusing on the health and wellness from a physical point of view. But I feel it's important to also acknowledge what the plant brings from a spiritual point of view. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, please do talk about that. That's a really important thing as well as how it helps when we're using cannabis in the right way, how it helps uh, emotionally as well. Yeah. And yet, you know, this is also one of the reasons why I'm also a huge proponent and advocate for keeping it out of the hands of children who aren't sick, who don't need it is, you know, there've been studies and whatnot of like how it can, if you're utilizing cannabis while your brain is still forming, it can um, inhibit, you know, emotional development. And so um, I just really look forward now that we have this plant legalized um, to all of the amazing studies and research that can actually come to fruition uh, in a transparent way. I think up until now, we, you know, every now and then we find out about a study that Nixon did or whoever else that then got buried and squashed. But I, I really hope that um, as this plant becomes less stigmatized, it can become really studied <laughs> in an effective way so that we can utilize it for all of its wonderful benefits. Yeah, absolutely. And one other thing that, you know, that that really rubs me the wrong way is that you have all these companies, which is good for like learning about what's going on, but they're like breaking down these these cannabinoids and these terpenes and they're only using one one part of it and they're only wanting that one molecule and they're they're going back to the pharmaceutical and then you're hearing, you know, about them using uh, yeast and stuff like that to grow without even the plant even being involved. And um, yeah. we have this wonderful plant that can, you know, essentially do it all if, if, we, if, if we utilize it properly and honor it properly. Absolutely. But I mean, again, like a lot of people still just don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's true. We, we were just not sure about what's what, what's what's next. Um, okay. Well, this is uh, this has been really fantastic. Can you let um, everyone know uh, where you can be reached? Yeah, absolutely. I think my website is uh, for my film work is redtrikemedia.com. For my cannabis work, it's blissfulalchemy.com. And then I'm on social. I'm mostly on Instagram. That's a big one for me. So Blisspix is me, B-L-Y-S-S-P-I-X on Instagram or Blissful Alchemy at Instagram is how to find us. And hopefully you'll see us more in the community and in the homes of people who invite us. Excellent. And we'll make sure that um, in the show notes, we have all that information for people that didn't quite catch that. Um, they'll be able Thank to just uh, read it right there. And yeah, so th- thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, and everyone, thanks, thanks so much for, for having me. You're welcome. Thanks. Yeah, this is Thank you so much for having me. And if you uh-huh. have any other questions or you want to kind of do a part two or anything else, I'm always open to keeping the conversation going because if we don't talk about it, then we can't create change. Exactly. That's very much true. This is what the podcast is all about. So um yeah we'll definitely have to have you on in in a later episodes and go any even deeper because we really just touched the surface of and and as we grow we will learn even more you know as as time goes on so 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate your time and for you inviting me to share my story. Cool. You're very welcome. Okay, great. Right. Um, Have a great day. You too. Thanks. And thanks for listening to the Bud Tender podcast. And if you liked, please subscribe and rate. And if there's anyone that you think would benefit, please share it with them. You guys have a great day.